Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we received so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. Every so often, we bring in one of our columnists, which is what we've done this week, and I am so excited to have Roxanne Drury joining me today. Roxanne, thank you for coming in. How are you? I am great. (laughs) I love that. I love that. I was, as I was preparing for today, I started, I started going back and I was like, how long has Roxanne written for us? You were written for us six years. Yes. I started shortly after we moved here. So it was one of the first things we found was Christian Living Magazine. I'm so glad you did. (laughs) I am too. (laughs) But but I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit embarrassed that I had never, until today, I've never met you. (laughs) And so we we have to fix that. Okay, (laughs) that sounds good. Our editor, Gay, told me, you will absolutely love her, and she's right. It's, oh, it's been thank a delightful. You. It's been a delightful little bit of time here getting to know you a little thank bit. Thank you. So thank you so much. What some of our listeners may not realize is that our writers are all, with the exception of two, all of our writers are volunteers. You donate your time, talent, and expertise, and it's and it's writing a magazine column or an article is not like you sit down at the keyboard and type it out, and ten minutes later you're done. It's hours, and sometimes it's additional research, and it's you know praying over what the what does the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, especially in a That's column right. like yours, what does the Holy Spirit have for me to deliver in this? Mm-hmm. What is my message? What am I supposed to be? You know, so it's not like it's just something willy nilly done. And we are so grateful because mm-hmm. there would not be a Christian Living magazine if it weren't for volunteers like yourself. So thank you so very much. You are very welcome. It's my pleasure. Um. So. Your column is always so fun. I love it. It comes from the heart. I I read the magazine. So production is a weekend long thing for us. And um, once Denise, our artist, gets the magazine all put together, she sends Gay and I a copy of it. And literally, we read the magazine front to back. Gay checks all of the ads and reads all of the articles. I do the same thing, other than that's kind of role reversal because I'm primarily over ads and she's over editorial content, but we read it front to back. And so nothing ever hits the stands that we both haven't given our seal of approval on, but I always look forward to your column. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's like, what did Roxanne write about this time? (laughs) And it's always inspiring. And it's always, it has an effect of grounding me. And Mm. I just love it. Oh, thank you. So um, today we wanted to kind of talk a little bit about, because a lot of what you you focus on personally is you're an educator and and children's ministry. Mm -hmm. And as school is getting out or has gotten out in the last week for some, my own grandkids have two more weeks of school. Um, because they go to a modified year-round, but VBS, Vacation Bible School, which is near and dear to my heart. I came to the Lord at seven Mm -hmm. at VBS. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so first of all, have you ever taught Vacation Bible School? Well, absolutely. Um, I've been in children's ministry for a really long time. And um, I have taught Vacation Bible School, but I've also directed it and organized it, and I've done that for many, many years. Honestly, it's hard work, but it's so rewarding, so very rewarding. Yeah. 
You know, it's it's funny. I, I have said this before. I think VBS and I can still taste cherry Kool-Aid out of a stainless steel pitcher. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something about making it in stainless steel that leaves a little tang there. Yes. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So do you, do you think that VBS today is as popular as, of, as it once was? Personal opinion, yes. I think kids look forward to it. I think parents look forward to it. Uh, I, so I, I would say, yes, it's still going strong. What I've seen, though, is that churches don't always call it VBS anymore. They will sometimes call it day camp. Sometimes they'll just call it camp. And um, I've also seen over the years that the format has changed, meaning that it in days past, it used to be five days, nine to five. And now it's changing with the changing times where parents are now, you have two parents working um, vacation Bible school has changed to sometimes be done in the evenings mm-hmm. or even just on the weekends. They might just do it three days on a weekend. So over the years, um, it has changed a lot, but I think the ultimate goal is still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I see so many signs as I'm driving around. And, you know, we live in Canyon County. I do a lot over here in Ada County. And and so I'm on the road a lot. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of churches with their signs, you know, VBS, VBS. Um, the temptation, if my, if my children were still young and at home, I'm a grandma now. So, uh, you know, I'm a young grandma. Oh, anyway, okay. <laughs> in my own mind, I'm a young grandma. Um, my temptation as a young mother would be to enroll them in several Yes. Different VBS programs and keep them entertained and fed all yes. summer and fed the word all summer long. Yes. So so what is the main goal of, of Vacation Bible School? Because it's not just to entertain and, and, and be daycare. Right. <laughs> no, it's so much bigger than that. The main goal of VBS and Sunday school and really any Christian education for children, it it should be leading them to become devoted followers of Jesus. That's that's really it in a nutshell. However, it becomes this big production, and the kids absolutely love it. By the end of it, the workers are spent. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the goal, the main goal, is always to lead kids to Christ, plain and simple. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all about impacting somebody's eternity. Yes. I yes. love that. That's, Absolutely. And, and that is, people who know me well know that that's my mantra. Yes. Let's impact people's eternity yes. for the better. Yes, absolutely. Um, so just by chance, do you happen to know the history of VBS? Well, as a matter of fact, um, I do know <laughs> the history of VBS. Um, the Vacation Bible School can be traced back to a t- little town in Illinois in the 1890s, somewhere around there. And it was um, started by a Sunday school teacher named D.T. Miles. She was also a public school teacher, and she felt that she was limited by time constraints in teaching the Bible to children. Sunday wasn't enough for her. One hour on Sunday was not enough. And so she started a daily Bible school to teach children during the summer. I love that. Thus, Vacation Bible School. 
And interestingly enough, about 40 years after that, CEF, which stands for Child Evangelism Fellowship, was founded, and we saw the birth of Backyard Bible Clubs. Uh, the gentleman's name who started it was Jesse Overholzer, and what touched his heart was one of Charles Spurgeon's sermons, which started, and I'm just going to read this quote, so because it's a quote, I want to make sure I get it right. A child of five, is, pr if properly instructed, can as truly believe and be regenerated as an adult. The thought back then was that children, young children weren't smart enough or ready to accept Christ as Savior. But this quote from Charles Spurgeon just exploded, I'm imagining, in Overholzer's brain. And because he experienced that when he was 12 years old, yeah. he was he told his parents, came to his parents, I want to know Jesus. And they said, you're not old enough yet. He was 12. Wow. Well, as he came across this particular quote, um, it led him to begin the ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship. And guess how old he was? How old? He was 60 years old. So he had, he had a little bit of um, wisdom from experience. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And that particular ministry has grown into the largest evangelistic outreach to children in the world. We have, um, as I mentioned before we started recording today, we have a new director, area director, mm -hmm. Angie Jamieson, and we're actually um, going to have a story on CEF and <sighs> Angie's um, role in that in our July issue. Yes. And, and I don't normally give sneak peeks, but there's a sneak peek, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said, when, when, when we were talking earlier and you said child evangelism, or yeah, fellowship, I was just like, oh my yes. gosh, yes. Yes, backyard Bible clubs. And when you think about somebody being 60 years old and starting that type of a ministry, it's phenomenal. Why, I wrote my first children's book when I was 65 years old. And had it published, I'm a firm believer that you are never too old to do God's work or start something new when he's asked you to. I, I so completely um, agree with that, without, without rabbit trailing too far. Mm -hmm. Christian Living Magazine was initially, because we were not initially a nonprofit mm -hmm. ministry, we were... It was a business that I started for another publisher, and then I ended up buying it, and then we became a nonprofit ministry. But the money that I paid for the magazine initially was sewn into my life by a retired circuit pastor in 1970. Wow. And when in, in 2014, when I used that money to pay for Christian Living Magazine, I then looked to try to find him because I wanted him to see the seeds that he had sown in that young girl's life mm -hmm. in 1970, where that had come, and that his ministry, so to speak, was still going to go forward. Yes. And he was deceased. Mm. And I can't even find, I can't find a death notice. I can't find his family. But the whole point of that is, is, is occasionally I'm asked to speak publicly. And I love to talk to that about the seeds that we plant today. Yes. There's no retirement in the Bible. 
We no. are to continue to <laughs> sow those seeds, and it's none right. of our business whether or not we ever see them grow to fruition. Right. We're just to continue to sow. Some of us right. sow. Some sometimes we're the watering and and the tending, and sometimes mm-hmm. we get we are blessed to be the harvest. Mm-hmm. But whatever role we're called, at whatever part of our walk, we're we're just called to do whatever right. God's called us exactly. to do. And I and I love that. Yeah. I think too. You know, when you said that, you know, he was sixty when you started that. Sometimes by that point we've we've raised our family and we're seeing how fast mm-hmm. our grandchildren are really growing up and we're and we're reflecting back on how fast our children grew up and we have a little bit different perspective. Yes. Then then when we're we had our grandkids last week why our parent why our when our parents were out doing some missionary training and and I said to my husband one night I said I don't know how they get all this done every day. I mean, I was getting up at 5.45 and and I was running until nine and 10 o'clock at night and, and he was helping and I was just like, there's only two of them. I don't know how, to, you know, I don't remember being this busy. I know we were, but sometimes we're so busy raising our children yes. that we don't have that time for that perspective. But right. by the time we're, we're in our late 50s and early 60s, we're starting to realize that. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. and sadly- right. I remember when my sis, my oldest sister um, retired, she said suddenly she became, she became irrelevant and people treated her oh. like she didn't know anything. I'm like, we're in our prime, right. Diana. We're, yeah, right. Absolutely. So right. folks, if you're listening and you're in that age group, you still have so much to offer. Don't. Yes. Just just stay faithful to yes. what Lord's called you. Yes. So I have to ask, did you attend VBS as a kid growing up? Actually, I did not. Mm-hmm. I was sent to Girl Scout camp. So I did not ever attend it. But once I started um, serving then and I saw what Vacation Bible School was all about, there was no stopping me getting involved in it. I love it. I, mm-hmm. I, and I love all the different themes. You know, somebody more creative than me comes up with all these wild our, – our church um, is doing – adventure sport camp or something I did you know and I'm just like um I'm not sports minded but that's what a cool thing you know but different ones jungle themes Noah's Ark themes just different mm-hmm. what what are what is your church doing this year well actually we're doing camp we call it camp at our church and we're it's called make waves and it's about how what you do today can change the world around you so we're going to be pouring into kids to um, make waves in the world around them, not only in their families, but in their schools, outside of their schools, in their sports arenas, in, ev- in every way, making waves for Jesus. I love that. I lo- I'd be the change that you want to see in the world today, yes. and we need more of that. Yes. So thank yes. you. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned in a recent article for Christian Living that you felt early on that God was leading you to work with kids in the church. What all does that involve? What do you do? Well, at this point, I was, yes, I, God did call me to work with kids very early on. From the time I was nine or 10 years old, I was babysitting for people. And then when I was in eighth grade, I babysat for six children every day after school. I would walk to their home and watch these six kiddos. I would help with their homework. I'd prepare their dinner. I'd get them ready for bed for when their mom and dad got home. And then I'd walk a mile and a half home. Now, granted, that 
at that time, it, the world was different. Different time. Yes, yep. different, different time. Mm-hmm. Very different time. I helped the teachers at school and church. I was always working with kids in some way, shape, or form. I feel like my whole life really has been devoted to kids and loving them, teaching them, and doing it well. When I got saved... It, that actually was October 13th, 1975, long time ago. But when I got saved, I started teaching Sunday school. And then at the same time, my church had a, a Christian school. So I taught first grade, third grade, and fourth grade in the Christian school. And that was almost, what is that, like 47 years ago, and I'm still in children's ministry. So it's part of who I am. I, I really think it is. And over the years, I was a children's director. I ran the program. I taught. I did all of the things that go with it. And what it involves really is getting to know the kids, getting to know the families, getting to know um, what your church culture is, and what the kids need. What do they need to know? I don't teach anymore, but right now I do. I prepare all the curriculum. I, I prepare now what the teachers are going to teach. So I'm still involved in, actually, it's kind of in a bigger way. Instead of just having one class of maybe 20 kids, now I'm ministering to almost a thousand. You know, that is so, so valuable. Um, early in my walk mm-hmm. as an active believer, I helped in the Wednesday night program at mm-hmm. our church. And, and, and initially, we did not have curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I remember I went to the pastor and I said, Pastor, I need help because I am still a baby in my walk. And I can only teach Noah's Ark so many times. I need some <laughs> help. I need great, solid curriculum. And you know, and and I go, I the church I be- belong to is called a movement. It's not a denomination. And I said, I I don't want to teach something that is adverse to to what you would approve. So mm-hmm. I need some help here. Mm-hmm. So that guidance, because part of you know part of the problem, you know, we keep hearing about the employee shortage, but churches across the world are having problems with volunteer shortages. Yes. And part of that is people don't feel that they are qualified. And to have great curriculum to follow is mm-hmm. such a great thing. And you're right, instead of teaching 20 children, you're teaching a 1,000. Mm-hmm. And you're mm-hmm. helping. And so often, um, I, I learned with those kids. I took that right. curriculum and right. often took it deeper into an adult level Bible mm-hmm. study. But it planted that seed even in my own life. Yes. So I applaud you for that. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> you know, that's, yes, yes. So although you're not teaching, I'm I'm sure that at your church, you're still working with kids. But over the years, as you get to know these families, and I know this was kind of true for, for me, although I didn't work in the Winston program for, for terribly many years, um, to see hurting children. Mm-hmm. And... Um, how is how is ministering to a hurting child different than, than than ministering to a hurting adult? Well, we do see hurting kids, and all we can do in an hour a week when we see them on Sundays is make sure that they're seen, they're known, and they're loved. 
while they're at church with us. And honestly, I think whether it's a kid or an adult, all people just want to be seen, known, and loved, and maybe listened to. That, that, that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. And I had one troubled child um, that refused to go up to the next grade level because my classroom was a source of security. Mm-hmm. And it was going to kind of become an issue. And I said, you know, just leave him. Just leave him. Leave Let him, him spend another mm-hmm. year in my classroom. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, you know, it's, right. if that's where he feels safe and secure. Right. Right. And it wasn't that he had a bad home life. He did. He had a great, I still know his mom. You know, but that's just, he he was a little bit learning disabled and he had some mm-hmm. issues and he just felt safer in my classroom and he'd been there sure. for two years and I said, just leave him here. I don't care. Sure. <laughs> sure. He's not bothering me any. Um, I, you know, I actually, he's an adult now. And Aww. so, um, and that's kind of funny to me. It's like, I knew you when you were a kid and yep. now you're having kids. Yep. Yep. Um, so... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking here, we're, we're coming up short on time, and I want to be sure that we hit the, the best questions. Um, what is, why is it critical? And, and I think I know this answer, but I just want to reiterate it for any of our listeners who are contemplating working in, in ministry of any kind, whether it's mm-hmm. children's Sunday school, VBS, adult Sunday school, why is it so critical? Why do we see it as critical to train up a generation of youth who want to know, love, and serve the Lord? I would say it's simply perpetuation of God's kingdom. The, there's nothing that warms my heart more than to see a kid that I taught Sunday school years ago still attending church, still serving the Lord, and the bonus now, I see them, as you just mentioned, training their own children in the ways of the Lord. And it's the only way that we can keep God's kingdom alive and growing Absolutely. is to be training these young children. And you can start training even babies. Mm-hmm. As you're rocking a baby in your Sunday school classroom, speak God into that baby. Sing a little song, Jesus loves you. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the words that you speak into them are growing them from a young age. That's, you know, and, and I agree so hard, wholeheartedly. I was speaking to somebody um, yesterday, actually, that, you know, well, I, you know, I, I just, I worry about our kids and, you know, and I, you know, and, and the verse, train up a child in the way that they shall go. And, and mm-hmm. you know, even if they depart from it, they will come back. They'll come back. Those seeds are there mm-hmm. and, and they'll come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, again, we're coming down close on time, but I, I just have to ask this. What is one Bible story that kids seem to love the most? And 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 what about that gives you joy? Okay, well, if I could only pick one, I would say the story of Noah's Ark, uh, for the younger kids especially. I mean, every kid loves animals, and who isn't amazed by a rainbow, right? Yep. They, and they, what they learn from that story is that God keeps his promises. The older kids were finding they enjoy learning about the Bible, they, we were finding that our kids were not knowing how to navigate, and um, so we taught them how to do that, and I think that's the responsibility of the church. I love that. Absolutely. I absolutely love that. We are 
unfortunately, that's the click. That's I was shutting it off before it started ringing. <laughs> We've run out of time. Rox, we'll have to do this again. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me today. Um, it, it's just genuinely been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. I, it's I hope, been fun. I hope you've had fun too. Yes, was, it's been fun. When we came into the studio, I said, we're going to have some fun here yes, today. Yes, yes. So if you, folks, if you'd like to read any of Roxanne's articles in Christian Living Magazine, you can go to our website, christianlivingmag.com, go to our columns tab, and in, in the search bar, type in Ro- Roxanne Drury. Um, and it'll come up. There's two pages of them. We have a fairly a, n- a newer website, so we don't have six years archives, but we have uh, we have I think three years of archives on there, and so that'll give you some some reading material. Um, this does bring our time to an end for this week, folks. We invite you back next week when we have another special guest in store for you, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout Central and all of Southern Idaho. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.